Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Well, good morning, my family. How are you doing? Oh, wow, that was slow. How are you doing, everybody? All right, all right. Well, I want to welcome you today, and obviously, if this is here, if you're here for your very first time, my name is Justin Chambers. I'm the senior pastor here. Uh, just want to welcome you. Hopefully, I'll get a chance to meet you in the lobby after this uh, service is over with. We're going to have a fun day today talking about the good life, the good life. And, uh, and, and before we talk about the good life, we got to talk about this battle that all of us are in. You may not know it. Uh, you may not feel it. You may not sense it. Maybe you've just never put it together. But every single one of us, we are in a battle. We are in a battle, and we and we confront that battle in different ways. We we um, we we uh, uh, challenge the enemy in different ways. Ladies, um, you you use in order to to confront the the enemy in this battle. You use a lot of um, uh, foundation. You you use. Let's go old school. You use a lot of oil of Olay. All right. How many of you already know what the battle I'm talking about is? It's about time. It's about aging. You you have. In fact, I was thinking about this. I used to be this kid that knew every jingle. Um, you know, as 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 I was, I was just. I don't know. They just stuck with me. My mom would take me to the to the store. We go grocery shopping, and every time we come across a product, I would sing the the commercial. I would sing the jingle to that commercial, or I would say what that phrase is. So she'd be buying. Toilet paper, and I'd say, "Don't squeeze the Charmin," you know. And and how many remember this one? I'm going to wash that gray right out of my. How many remember that? Yeah. Okay, you're old if you just raised your hand because that was a while ago now. And uh, guys, you think, well, we don't really do that stuff. Uh, no, you don't do that stuff. You do different stuff. You do different stuff. Like no matter if you're if you're a father, for instance, no matter how old you get. If your son ever confronts you with, you know, hey, dad, let's arm wrestle, you're like, I'm on. oh, it's on. I'm not afraid of you. I can take you down. No matter how old you are, you can be in your 40s, men, 50s, 60s, 70s, it doesn't matter. When, we, when, when ladies walk by a mirror, they're always like checking their hair. You know, when guys walk by a mirror, it's like we flex. We just like, Arr. you know, because it's a man thing. We're, we're trying to prove to ourselves, hey, we're not. We're not aging. I, I'm still, I'm still awesome. If my, if you know, if my kids, my grandkids think they could take me down, and they, they look at you like, come on, Dad, let's wrestle. Like, oh, you're going down, son. You're go-. like, I'm always going to win this. Uh, I, I do remember though, my dad. I was, I was, um, arm wrestling my dad. This is years and years ago now, and 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 uh, he he had that in his head. He said, son, I could take you. I said, no, you can't. <laughs> and so uh, we arm wrestled, and he. He uh, did, did not win. It was a very short battle, and he said he would never arm wrestle me again, and he stayed true to his word until the very end of his life because in that moment, I, uh, I, I beat him. How many have ever beat your dad at arm wrestling? Okay, not very many. Not many. You must have stopped in time. How many, how many was always a challenge? How many men always a challenge with your sibling, like your brother? You would arm wrestle your brother to see who's toughest? Am I the only one? Is that, is that an Oklahoma thing? What, what do you guys do? Are you not manly up here? What is the deal? What is the deal? No, I know you. I know you are. I know this. I was bragging on you guys over the weekend that our church is full of just rednecks and blue collars, and I love it. 
I mean, we have white collars and stuff like that too, but man, there's something about being a man in, in Plymouth, being a man in Plymouth, Indiana. This is a city where you can still be a man. Amen. All the men say, Amen. Amen. All right. So, so we're going to talk about this battle that we have, this battle that we have concerning time, concerning aging. And, and I'm going to teach you today how to live the good life, the, how to get live the good life. No matter what television tells you, the good life is not sitting in your basement on a couch watching a football game with a beer in your hand. Okay, that's, that's not what we're talking about today. The media will feed you that. Like, that's the, the good life. Can I tell you, there's a better life. There's a better way to live life. It's the good life. In fact, I would tell you, it's your best life. And what I'm going to teach you today is just absolutely life-changing. If you listen to it, if you pay attention to it, it is life-changing. Psalm 90, verse 12 talks about this. It says, teach us, the psalmist says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom, that if you, if, you are, if you are understanding the number of days that you have, if you think that thought, that that leads you to wisdom. It's called the brevity of life, everybody. The older you get, the more you realize that life is short, amen? Like, don't you see that? I mean, my son Isaac, who's in college now, it just was yesterday that he was four, it was just yesterday. That's what it seems like. But the older I get, the more I, I realize life just flies by. It just, be, before you know it, I'm, everybody, before I knew it, I was 47. Thankfully, I'm still really burly and ruggedly handsome, but I am 47. I know that's hard to digest. You're surprised, aren't you? You thought I was 32, but I'm not. I'm 47. I don't, your laughing hurts me. <laughs> you wounded me. My, my, dad, my dad said something about this verse a long time ago, taught it to me, teach us to number our days. And, and he really felt strongly about this that, in fact, he even preached this on a Sunday morning years ago now, that, that, that we have this ability to go to the Lord and request that our days, our years be increased, that we have a voice in that matter. And you say, well, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know. About, you know, just this past week, I was at Pastors University with Pastor Larry Stockstill, spent uh, three full days with him, learning from him. And, and for uh, about five minutes, he taught on the principle of numbering your days, numbering your days. That he, he just said, hey, I've, I've gone to the Lord and I've just made this declaration in my heart and by faith that I'm going to live to be in my 90s. And I'm going to share the gospel of Jesus until the day I die. And I got 30 years of ministry ahead of me. He's 67. He says, I'm, I have 30 years of ministry ahead of me. And the man has already planted 25,000 churches. And he still says, I have 30 more years of ministry. Can you imagine what he can do in the next 30 years? If he's already planted 25,000 churches, can you imagine what he's going to do in the next 30 years? Isn't that amazing? But his heart, his heart, his heart is not, is not on the here and now. It's always on the eternal. I'm going to te teach you about that today. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So if you understand the brevity of life, you, you, you will, it will lead you to wisdom. It will lead you to think thoughts that you normally wouldn't think. Proverbs 17.24 says, A discerning person keeps wisdom in view, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. A discerning person keeps wisdom in view, meaning you don't turn your back on wisdom. You don't walk away from wisdom. In fact, wisdom is always with you. The Bible says that wisdom is a, a principal thing. It's something that we, 
we should hold on to, that we should embrace, that we should never let it go, that we never stray from wisdom. And when you stray from wisdom, bad things happen. Have you noticed that? That most people that, that get in big trouble is because they have strayed from wisdom. They've strayed from wisdom. I'm going to come back to that verse in a second. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says, be careful then how you live. And, and what's, what's, what's the connotation here? What's the context of this? Not as unwise, but as wise. Like watch, watch the way, be careful how you live. Be careful concerning your days, concerning time, concerning aging. Be careful. Don't be unwise, but be wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish. Don't stray from wisdom, but understand what the Lord's will is. I want you to, it's not in your notes, but this is just the phrase we're going to use today. That wisdom is living life God's way. That wisdom is living life God's way. It's just a definition of wisdom. And I know there are a lot of definitions out there. In fact, one of the ones that I use the most is that wisdom is knowledge. I should say biblical knowledge in action. That wisdom is biblical knowledge. When you take the knowledge of the word of God and truth found in the word of God and you put it into action, you're going to live a wise life. You've embraced wisdom. Therefore, don't be foolish. Don't stray from wisdom, but understand what the Lord's will is. Wisdom is living life God's way. And God's very clear on how to live your best life. And I'm going to teach you that this morning. Number one, if you're taking notes in your sermon notes, write this down. Our most valuable asset is time. Our most valuable asset is time. It's not your retirement. It's not how much money you have in your wallet. It's not your 401k. It's not your job. It's not your house. It's not your car. It's not your stuff. The most valuable asset that you have is actually time. It's actually time. For instance, if somebody's on their, their deathbed, they're not thinking about their retirement. They're not thinking about uh, the house that they live in. They're not thinking about their car. They're only thinking about people. They're thinking about relationships, and they're thinking about time, that their time has come to an end, and they realize that, and, and they might want to go back. They might want to change things, but they can't because time, time cannot be managed. In fact, number two, write that down, that we cannot manage time. You cannot manage time. There, there are lots of regrets that I have in my own life. Do you? How many people have some regrets in your life? Do you have some? I have some. I wish I could go back in time, especially around two or three, two or three decisions that I made. Oh, how I wish I could go back in time and change that. But I can't. I can't, I can't manage time. Time is going to happen whether I like it or not. Time is going to pass whether I like it or not. I cannot manage time, but I can manage opportunities. Write that down. You cannot manage time, only opportunities. Only opportunities. And that's why the Bible says, hey, hey, listen, be careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, wise, making the most of every opportunity. Because you cannot, you cannot manage time. You can only manage your opportunities. 
You can only manage the here and now. Now, let, let me say this. The decisions that, that you have made in the past has affected you, and you are a product right now. You are a product of every decision that you've made in the past. Did you know that? You're a product of your past decisions. So the decisions that I make now need to benefit me, not just in the moment, but actually need to benefit me in the future. But let me say it this way. 10 years from now, I will be a product of the decisions that I make today and tomorrow and next week and next month and next year. 10 years from now, I'll be a product of the decisions that I still have to make. You see what I'm saying? So every decision you make, it, it affects your here and now, but it also affects your future. That's why you have to make great decisions every single day because decisions are cumul cumulative. They, 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 over the course of time, they stack up. Odds are, if, if, if you go out to, to dinner today, you go out, let's say that you go out to eat, the where you eat lunch really isn't going to affect you 10 years from now. It's really not, right? One, one choice is not going to affect you. But if you make the same choice over and over and over and over and over again for a long time, it's cumulative. It's going to affect you down the road. So let's, let's say, for instance, every day you decide to go to McDonald's and you're going to get a large Coke and large fries and two Big Macs and a filet of fish. How many know if you make that decision every day for the next 10 years, it's going to affect your future? How many know that? How many know it's going to affect your body? All right? I mean, it's, it's going to have a negative. So, so eating out one time, is that really going to affect your future? No. But, but if you make those decisions over and over and daily and daily and daily, it will affect your future. It will. So every single day, we have to make wise choices. And if you mess up every now and then, it probably won't have a long-lasting effect. But if you make the same bad choices over and over and over again, it will. You see how that works? So I cannot manage time, only opportunities. The, the other thing is, the next one is, this is what I've learned. We can't do everything. I can't do everything. Like there's a, there's a lot of people that you just have these things in mind. Well, I want to do this, and I want to go here, and I want to buy this, and I, I, I want to own this, and I want to travel this way, and I want to make this amount of money. And, and you, find, you found out you can't do everything. But do you know that there's a lot of people out today that are not living for the future? They're just living for the here and now. They just want to do everything right now. It's, they, they just long, they have these dreams and they're just living to fulfill these dreams. And even in the middle of that, you found out you can't do everything. You just can't do everything. You can't afford to do everything, can you? I mean, you don't even have the money to do everything. Like, I would love to travel to Europe at some point. I don't got the money for that. I got four kids, everybody. How many know what I'm talking about? I can't afford that. I can't do that. And, and I want to. I have some dreams. I like to. I just can't do everything. So what do I do? Well, I have to find out then, if I can't do everything, what, what's most important to me? Write this down, number four. So we have to decide what is most important. And then we manage that decision daily. We find out what's most important, and we manage that decision daily. 
So what is most important? What is most important? At the end of your life, let's, let's say you're at the end of your life and you're looking back. So let's all pretend today that we're 95 years old. And we're looking back over the course of our life. What would be most important as we look back over the course of our life? Well, it's not that trip to Europe. It's not that that brand new car that you just had to have. It's not the house that you live in. What you'll realize in that moment, the most important thing as you look back over the course of your life will always be relationships. It'll always be people. Always people. Because people are the only things that are eternal. Did you know that? In fact, let's, let's make a note here. Write this down. Focus and energy then should be given. If we can't have everything, if we can't choose everything, focus and energy should be given to that which is eternal. Oh, okay, everybody, let's come back to it. Wisdom is living life God's way. Wisdom is living life God's way. And what is most important to us should never be stuff. And is it bad to have stuff? No. Is it bad to travel? No. I love traveling. I I mean, my wife and I, we thoroughly enjoy traveling. We love traveling together. Without our children, we love traveling, everybody. And we just love that. I mean, we love traveling with our kids, too. We love vacations. But you know how it is? Sometimes you just got to get away with your spouse and just, just travel, just get away, just the two of you. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. And so, so this isn't, this isn't a, a talk about anti-stuff. It is a talk about having too much emphasis on stuff, where stuff has become too important to you. That all of a sudden, stuff is more important than relationships. And, and you say, well, well let, me, let me give you an example of this. Did you know I see this in effect all the time at funerals? At funerals, you'll see what's in the hearts of people because stuff is often more important than relationships. Well, I'm mad at so-and-so because I, they want that and my grandma told me I could have it. They took it and I pastor, what should I do? Stop it. <laughs> just, just <laughs> see what I'm saying? All of a sudden, stuff is more important than people. And we get it wrong sometimes, don't we? We just get it wrong sometimes. So focus and energy should be given on that which is eternal. We, we should live life God's way. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. And I'm, I'm going to teach this to you in, in, very, in just three, three easy words that I want you to remember. Letter A, write this down. And this is, this is going to be a little bit unique. You're going to be surprised that I go here today. But you've got to... In this battle against time, in this battle of aging, you have to make time for renewal. For renewal. So before I focus you on other people, can I tell you, you need to focus on your relationship with God. When you focus on your relationship with God, and and you are refreshed by him and with him, 
and, and you spend time with him and he, he encourages you and he, he, he helps you and he strengthens you and he speaks life into you and he gives you his wisdom. Can I tell you, when you have a right relationship with God, when you are refreshed by God, it's easier for you to refresh others. It's hard to refresh people when you're exhausted, isn't it? It's hard to be life-giving when you feel like the life has been sucked out of you. It's been zapped. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? It is hard to be life-giving when you don't feel alive, when you have no life in you. And so the first place we go, if we really want to give people our best, let, let, let me say it this way. Let, let me give you something else. The Bible says that one of, this, one of these days, this world as we know it is just going to be burned up. How many have ever read that in, in the Bible? You've read that, right? One of these days is just not going to be here. So our house is going to be here. No. Are our cars going to be here? Is, is your, your favorite purse going to be here? Is your favorite gun going to be here? It, it, what's, what's going to be here? What, what is eternal in this world? It's not all that stuff. It's you. It's me. It's everybody around us. We are eternal. Meaning, meaning we will live after we die. In heaven or in hell, we are, we are eternal beings created by an eternal God. So what really matters in this life? Well, it's not stuff. It's people. It'll always be people. That's what really matters. When Jesus came to this world, what was his focus? It wasn't on stuff. It was on people. Every day of his life. You can see it. And yet Jesus, with his focus on people, even he stole away sometimes. Did you realize that? Even he snuck off sometimes, and he looked at his disciples, the ones that he was cheering on, and the ones that he was counseling and, and encouraging and strengthening and sometimes correcting. Sometimes he would look at his disciples and say, oh, I need a break from you. Whew, how many have kids? And you love your kids, but sometimes you just need a break, right? And Jesus needed a break from his kids and he, his disciples, and he just would go off into the wilderness by himself. Why? Because he was making time for renewal. He was making time for renewal. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, Therefore, don't lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, we are losing this battle with time, with aging. Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. In fact, how, how, who, who renews us? Well, Psalm 23 gives us the answer, verses 2 and 3. This is about God. God makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside quiet and still waters. God refreshes my soul. So if you want to be renewed, your first stop is God. 
If you want to be life-giving, if you want to help other people, if you want to refresh other people and serve other people and care for other people and make your investment in other people, your first stop should be a daily time with God. Going into a secret place, worshiping him, no doubt reading your, your Bible and praying. And, and, and can I tell you, just sitting there and saying, if you're tired, just sitting there and say, Father, I need refreshment. I need you to refresh me and revive me. And God is faithful. Listen, it wasn't, it wasn't my idea. It wasn't my idea that, that uh, the Bible says to take a Sabbath day of rest. It wasn't, let me say it this way. It wasn't my idea. It wasn't your idea. It wasn't even man's idea. It was actually God's idea. In fact, God himself rested. Did he need it? No, he's God. He was giving us an example of saying, hey, listen, I have built you that at times in your life, you need to rest. My wife and I strive for this, that once a week, we're just one day a week, we're just resting. But one day a week, we, we just we just sleep in. We go on, we go on date days if we want to go out. Some days we don't go anywhere. Some days we just stay at home. We just don't do anything because we know we just need to be refreshed. We just need to recharge. Can I tell you, a lot of you guys are messing this up. You're having days off. Like, oh, I'm so exhausted. It's been such a long week. Oh, I want a day off. And you get up on your day off. And you're, oh, let's go shopping. You know, or boy, I got a lot of yard work to do. I, I, got, a, I got a lot of stuff to do. I'm going to be working outside all day today. Can I, can I tell you something? That's not rest. I'm just, I'm just challenging you here. You, you need to learn to rest. You need to learn to have a time where you're not doing anything. You're just resting. You're just resting. Well, well pastor, it's just impossible for me to do that. Well, come and ask us, and we're, we're, we'll help you to find some time in your schedule. Let me say it this way. To make some time in your schedule to rest. Because if you're not rested, you're not living a wise life. And you won't be ready to help somebody else. You, let me say it this way. If you're not rested, you'll have trouble investing in the eternal. B, make time for reward. So we make time for renewal and we make time for Reward. Ecclesiastes 2.10 says this. He said, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. Like, I, 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 if I wanted it, I got it. I refused my heart no pleasure. If I wanted it, I got it. My heart took delight in all of my labor, and this was the reward for all of my toil. And he's about to explain it. Yet when I surve surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve... Like I put a lot of work into it and effort into it. When I considered all of it, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. It, what, what he's saying is, I had it all, and I realized I had nothing. I had it all, but when I looked at it, I had nothing. I wasn't satisfied. I was building up a reward here only to be let down by the very thing that I was living to achieve. 
And we see that all the time. The rich, the powerful, famous, they'll often say how empty they had it all, and they were totally empty. And yet I've known, I've known people that had next to nothing that were so full of life and so full of joy. Like you just wanted to be around them. They didn't have everything that they ever wanted, but they were filled with the power and the presence of God and the Holy Spirit. They were filled with joy and contentment and peace. And I think those people have a lot to offer as far as wisdom is concerned. Amen? So make time for reward. And that reward is obviously not in this stuff. Remember, all that stuff is going to be burned away. No, we make time for eternal Reward. First Timothy 6.18 says, Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation, not for the here and now, but for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. What is the life that is truly life? One of these days, we get, as believers, we get to stand before our Savior and our Heavenly Father, and he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant, come on in, and to the kingdom, the, the, the place that he had prepared for us, we're going to walk into heaven, and there's going to be rewards there, and everybody, this verse is saying, no, 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 that's the life that is truly life, and if you're wise, you're going to live life God's way, not focusing only on the here and now, but focusing on what's most important, focusing on eternal rewards. Now, let, let me just clear the air because I get this a lot, and I just want to make this clear to you. I'm not saying it's bad to have things in this life. I, I'm not saying you, go, you need to go home and sell all of your toys. and all. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is don't let those things become more important than what's really important. Don't let those things drive your life. Let eternity drive your life. Focus your energy on, on, on that which is eternal. That should be the main source of your focus. That's what you fix your eyes on. The Bible says we fix our eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith. We fix our eyes on Jesus. And Jesus, in his, in his grace and his mercy and his, his love, he'll give you good things. He'll give you blessings. He'll give you your heart's desire. But that's not our focal point in this life. So if you have a camper, go camping. But don't make that the focal point of your life. If you have a camper, go camping, but be ready to witness to the person who's camping next to you if the Holy Spirit allows. If you have a great car, go for a cruise. If you have a motorcycle, go for a ride, but don't make that the center of your life. Don't make that the driving force of your life. How many hear me? You hear me, right? I'm not saying get rid of stuff. I'm saying let's put our focus on that which is eternal and people are eternal. Your stuff isn't whatever stuff you have. So wisdom is living life God's way. The last one, we make time for renewal. We make time for reward. And obviously this really has to do with the second one. We make time for relationships. If we make time for relationships, we're making time for reward. And if we make time for reward, we're also making time for relationships. I'm going to teach you something from 1 Peter 4.8. Most important of all, most important of all. And, and what he's saying is, hey, hey, what I'm about to say, I want you to lean into. The writer's saying, 
I want you to lean into this most important of all. Continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Most of all, as he's talking to his listeners, most of all, lean in, lean in. Most of all, love one another deeply. Love one another deeply. Be willing to share. Be generous. Don't be so focused on you that you don't focus your life on somebody else, that you don't help somebody else, that you don't serve somebody else, that you don't care for so somebody else. Don't be narcissistic. Don't be egotistical. Don't be self-centered. He's saying most important of all, love each other deeply. You know, surface love, surface love is when is, is when surface love is when you serve somebody else when it's convenient. Deep love is when you serve somebody else when it's inconvenient, when it's going to cost you something, when you're going to have to sacrifice for it. So we don't just love when it's convenient. We love when it's inconvenient, when it's sacrificial in nature. Most important of all, love each other not just on the surface, love, love each other deeply, deeply. You know, in a few weeks, we're going to be starting small groups, and I, I think there's some people in this, in, in this room that God's been pushing you to be a small group leader, and you need, to, you need to step up to that so you can show love, a deep love to others. Some of you have never joined a small group. You need to join one because you need to be in relationship. But all of us have to make sure that the things that we have are not the driving, it's not the driving force of our life. That we are driven by love. Love for God, love for others. The greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. That we are driven by love. Wisdom is when we live life God's way. And God's way is love. God's way is focusing on him and focusing on somebody else. We're talking about priorities today, aren't we? Your best life is a life of wisdom. Your best life is lived God's way. Would you stand up with me this morning? There's some people, this, there were some people this morning that just joyfully entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ at the nine o'clock service. It was so exciting to see. And I want to ask a question in just a few moments, and I'm, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. You're not, you're not going to be embarrassed in the slightest bit. You're, nobody's going to know. But as we've been talking about relationship, there are people, no doubt in this room, that you're not in a right relationship with God that you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior. And you need to do that today. You want to do that today. Like the Holy Spirit is telling you something inside is saying, today's the day you need to give your life to Jesus and to enter into a relationship with Jesus because your best life is found in Him. I promise it is. I am living a great life, a great life by the grace and the love of God. I wouldn't trade my life for anything. 
You say, boy, I want that kind of life. I, I want a joyful life. I want a life of peace and contentment and hope. I want that kind of life. Can I tell you, Jesus is the way. He is the only way. And when you submit your life to him, you're going to be forever changed. He'll come in. The Bible says he takes away all the old and he makes us new. And I'm going to ask you today, are you ready? Are you ready for a relationship with Jesus? Are you ready to surrender to Jesus? Would you bow your heads with me? And in just a few seconds, I'm I'm not going to wait very long. I'm not going to stand up here and just beg. I'm I'm just going to give you one chance. This is your moment. And again, I'm not going to call you out. Baptism is when you go public with your faith. And we'll have a baptism in the the very near future, but today is a day between you and God. And you say today, Pastor Justin, today's the day I want to invite Jesus into my life. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Today is the day, and I'm ready to do it. The only thing I'm going to ask you to do is raise your hand, and then just I'm just going to pray a prayer. You're going to stay right where you are. And you're ready to make that decision right now. No waiting around. No, no more thinking about it. You're just going to take a step in faith to do it and say, today is the day that I surrender my life to Jesus. I want you to raise your hand really high. Let me see who you are. All right, I see your hands. Lots of hands today. Awesome. I'm so proud of you. So proud of you. You can put your hands down. So very, very proud of you. Now I'm going to pray a prayer. And, and, and the key to salvation is not the words that you say. It's the heart that you present to God. And I'm going to pray a prayer, and you can pray along with me. You can repeat what I, what I say, or you can just simply say in your heart, today is the day, Jesus, I'm inviting you in, however you want to say it. Today is the day of salvation. The Bible says that every single person who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you call on the name of Jesus, if that's all you say today, Jesus, I call on your name, save me, then the Bible says he will save you. You will leave this place a new creation. You'll be thoroughly changed. It's as easy as that. So let's do that right now. If you raised your hand, just pray this in your heart. You might pray it in a whisper. It doesn't matter. Just pray this. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe in your birth. I believe in your life. I believe in the cross. I believe in the resurrection. Jesus, today I'm putting my faith in you. I'm trusting in you as Savior. Jesus, today I confess you are Lord. And I'm asking you, be my Lord today. I surrender my life to you. I submit my life to you. And I'm inviting you into my heart. I'm inviting you into my life. Change me, Jesus, and save me. I want to know you. I want to follow you. I want to be a Christian. And I thank you that it's not by my works. It's not by what what I've done or not done. It's by grace that I've been saved through faith that you did not save me right now because of my goodness or, or because or, 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 or because of my works or because of all the, the great things that I've done or that my good has outweighed my bad. No, you saved me simply because I called upon your name and I stand today forgiven. I stand today changed by the power of your spirit. I confess today that I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone and the new has come. Thank 
Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for adopting me into your family that now I can say I'm a Christian. I am a child of God. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I give you my life. I give you my life. And I honor you and I praise you today. And I pray it all in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. New song, could we give it up for the ones that have accepted Christ today? Isn't it awesome? I love that. We had at least eight or ten people that came to Jesus today. If you accepted Jesus, isn't that cool, everybody? Come on, let's give it up for the Lord. That's awesome. If you, accept, if you accepted Jesus today, I'm going to have you go out to... Um, the guest services, they have a free book that we're going to give you called Fresh Start. It's just a wonderful, easy read, but it's going to help you get off on the right foot. I don't want you to miss a Sunday. You keep coming back every single Sunday morning as we share the life-changing truths of Jesus, the good news of Jesus, and we worship Him together, and we pray, and we encourage each other. I'll tell you, everybody, I love you. I don't know of a better church in North Central Indiana, the New Song Church right here. It's awesome. The presence of God fills this place. And I'm very excited about that. I love, love all of you. I'm going to speak a blessing over all of you before you go. Could you open up your hands toward heaven to receive this blessing? Heavenly Father, I bless New Song Church with every good and perfect thing that you have for us. Lord, I bless them with protection, with provision, with health, with healing. Lord, I bless them with peace. I come against the spirit of fear and confusion and doubt in the name of Jesus and declare that they will experience peace that passes understanding, a joy that is glorious and inexpressible. Father, I pray that they would walk out of here changed by the hope that we have in our, in our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I bless them with a heart of, of, uh, of service, a heart of love, a heart of care. I bless them, Lord, to have wisdom, that they would live life the way that you've called them to live life. Father, we understand today that wisdom is living life your way. And I pray that every single person in this room would be filled with wisdom. I declare it. I believe it. And I declare that our best days are ahead. If you agree with me today, say a big, big amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life. And we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.